Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we have another Ryan on the episode with me. His name is Ryan Horn. He is the uh, host of the Extraordinary Man podcast, and he's just a man after my own heart, man. I just, I've only met him, uh, not even met him in person, and we've only talked a few times over Zoom, and I just love this guy. Uh, I, I love everything he's doing. His story is awesome. He's younger than me. He and his wife, uh, Brittany, they both are entrepreneurs, and so I was asking him questions for myself, like learning, like how does he, how does he do what he does in his business uh, when he goes away on sabbatical and, and spends some time working on his business? What does he do? Because I literally want to know. I, that's what I love about these episodes is I get to interview some really, really cool people and hear how they're exploding their businesses. And I take that and apply it to my own business, which is awesome. So I know you're going to love this because he goes over the the five his five point breakthrough system uh, for business owners. And he spends a long time going over each of these points. I learned a ton. I took a ton of notes on this episode because there's just so much gold here. It's hard for me to set this up even more than I other than just to say incredible. One thing that I wrote down is the only way to fail is to quit. We talked about the things in our businesses that didn't go right. We, uh, he has some awesome stories of the things he's tried in his business that didn't work well before he found out what did. And so if you're struggling in your business and you feel like, man, it just seems like nothing's working, well, maybe you're not on the, doing the right thing. Maybe you just need to find what that thing is for you, but do not quit. Do not quit. That's the only way to fail. Uh, there's so much gold in this episode with Ryan. Uh, let me stop talking and bring it to you. Here it is. Ryan, welcome to Streams of Income Radio, man. Thank you so much for being on with me. Absolutely. Well, it is, it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you, Ryan. Oh, so I feel like I already know you so well. We haven't even met in person yet. You, you are a friend of a friend. Dana Derricks mentioned my name and who uh, I've only known him for just a, you know, a couple of months now. So and you got to interview him on your Extraordinary Man podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I love, that's why I love asking for referrals because yes. I get to meet amazing people like you. And, uh, you know, I feel the same way. I feel like you know, we've known each other for quite a while, even though we've only talked a few times. So, right. Well, you're a brother in the Lord and doing entrepreneurial stuff. I love talking to guys who are, uh, you know, in, in business, love the Lord and trying to and merging those things together because it's not separate, is it? No, not at all. I, I mean, I, I love that as well. And I think for a long time for me, it was very separate. You know, you have your uh, church and your this stuff over here in this box and yeah. you know, you go to church on Sunday and this and that, and then you have your business and the rest of your life over here. But right. yeah, I, I mean, the last five years or so for me, it's, it's all together. There is no yeah. separation for sure. Right. Absolutely. Well, I love, as I told you before we hit record, I love hearing people's stories. And so I just want to hear your story, your entrepreneurial story. Because it seems that everybody starts a different way, different path. You're doing something different than I'm doing, um, but we're all doing really cool things. And so, but uh, how did you, when did you start being an entrepreneur? Yeah. So I think I told you this story a couple of <laughs> weeks ago, but uh, I'll mention it here because this is kind of my first entrepreneurial venture yeah, yeah. was when I was, uh, I don't know, somewhere between like fifth and sixth or maybe sixth and seventh grade. So I'm like 11 or 12 years old, uh -huh. something like that. And uh, the previous summer, 
our Sunday school went around selling these calendars to raise money. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like in charge of the Sunday school. So after we did that, we kept getting these fundraising magazines. And so it's the next summer I'm just laying around and uh, picked up this magazine and I'm flipping through it. And it's like, oh, sell, you know, 30 calendars, make $200 profit or, and like all these other things. And I'm like, what? Like I can just go sell the same calendars we sold last year. Right. And uh, I, I should mention too, that I'm from a very small town in Northern Minnesota. And when right. I say very small, like 300 people. So we knew everybody. Oh my gosh. Yes. And uh, like, you know, we went to the bank and the grocery store, uh-huh. the one grocery store in town to sell it in, in all these places. <laughs> and so, so I convinced my mom to order these calendars okay. and uh, they come and I literally go to all the same people, like all of our neighbors. I go to the bank, I go to the grocery store right. selling them. And literally like every single person was like, oh, are you doing this for your Sunday school again? And I was like, nope, I'm doing this for me. <laughs> and like the look of like some of the people, how shocked they were like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> like didn't get it. So I've always been entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, nobody in my family is. Uh, so I, I guess I stand out in that way. Yeah. But yeah, I've always been entrepreneurial. Uh-huh. That was kind of the first venture into it but i was always just thinking in terms of of you know how could i make money off this or what could i do here or how how could i do this differently so that's kind of like my my first entrepreneurial story i guess yeah before we get into for uh, further because i just i i love these interviews because it uh, it sparks a question that i have and all kinds of different you know who knows what direction we'll end up today but um your your story is familiar with mine as far as my family um my dad was not entrepreneurial. I mean, uh, I mean, he worked a regular job, you know, 30 plus years at General Motors. Uh, my mom was a teacher. Um, and then my brother's not entrepreneurial. So what do you think, you know, is there, was there a time when you're like, or anybody ever tried to say, hey, you know, we don't do that. We don't step out like that. You know, be like us, any of those limiting things that you had to, and maybe not for your immediate family, but even coming from a small town, like, nobody does that here. You know, you're supposed to go and go get this job. You're supposed to work at this grocery store and be like everybody else. Did you have to overcome any of those types of things? That's a really good question. Um, For the most part, I would have to say no. My immediate family overall have been very supportive. Grateful for that, for sure. It could be the complete opposite. I've talked to people that are like, yeah, like, you know, maybe not their mom and dad. Mom and dad are usually pretty supportive um, right. other than they, they say, no, you need to follow this path and, you know, be realistic about it. Um, you know, entrepreneurs, that sounds like a little bit too scary. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think, um, yeah, immediate family, mostly supportive. Good. I think some people kind of like, you know, what are you doing or why are you doing <laughs> yeah. this or, or whatever? But to be honest, I kind of just didn't really pay attention to them. Yeah. I yeah. just did. I, I mean, I think God put that in me for a reason yeah. and it, it's just been, you know, this is the way I'm built. This is how I think. Mm-hmm. This is what I do. And I don't have to be like everybody else. So yeah, that's good. Um, I, it amazes me just thinking through like, you know, my brother, I mean, I love the guy, but he's just totally not entrepreneurial. Like he needs that day-to-day job, that structure of nine to five. I envy him. And sometimes because he gets off work at five o'clock and he shuts it completely off. Doesn't have yep. to think about it. Doesn't want to think about it. Whereas you and I were always thinking about business and that's the that's challenge, absolutely. but I, I wouldn't want to be, I, I'm like, I'm glad I'm wired this way, but I'm always amazed at how people are wired different ways and what makes us all tick. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, there was a period of time for a while early on in my entrepreneurial uh, 
life, I guess, after college, I would say, uh, where I was like, man, why doesn't everybody want to be an entrepreneur? Everybody yeah. should be an entrepreneur, but right. now that's not the case either. Right. Right. <laughs> like, some people are meant for entrepreneurship. Some people are, like you said, yeah. your brother, you know, the nine to five job, that's yeah. what they're meant to do and they love it and they're good at it. Yeah. And so yeah. you know, everybody has their own thing. Yeah. And if you built, you're building a team, you need people that are kind of like, just want to clock in, get the work done. You Absolutely. Workers. So <laughs> awesome. So what did you, okay. So after you were selling calendars, what did, uh, what happened after that? So after that, so, you know, I, I don't really talk about this much, but there was actually a period I would say between selling calendars and going to college where uh-huh. I like replied to all kinds of junk mail stuff about yeah. making money. And like, Do you remember uh, what magazine you were reading when you saw the calendar idea? I have no idea. Okay. It was, it was, it was a, uh, specifically a fundraising magazine for okay. Christian organizations. I do know oh, that. Cool. And you had uh, to send sure. away for it. <laughs> yeah. Not, not sure exactly, uh, what it was, but yeah, I do remember getting like starting to get these junk mail things in the mail. Yep. And like, I remember reading like this 10 page sales letter that I didn't know mm-hmm. was a sales letter at the time. And yep. I'm like, right, this is like the greatest opportunity in the world. Like I need to do this right now. Yes. And, I send away for it and I don't know. They didn't even really explain what the opportunity was. And then they <laughs> sent the stuff and it was like a magazine where you like sold clothes or something. Okay. I was like, this is not what the letter said. Like, but <laughs> Did you have yeah, to pay so, for that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I, I learned some lessons definitely in yeah. you know middle school, high school about uh, selling and copywriting mm-hmm. and yeah. Um, yeah. And if an opportunity sounds too good to be true, it probably, probably is. Do you remember some of the other ones that you did? Because I'm, I'm exactly the same. I remember getting, um, I'd watch infomercials. I, do you remember the guy named Don LaPree who um, did those, uh, it was classified ads. If you look him up, um, this was back in the, I think, 90s, early 90s. And he talked about how he was making money on classified ads. So I think his story was, he posted, let's just say it's an exercise machine. Um, he sold it. He's like, well, I want I, that sold really fast. I made a lot of money on that. I need to find more. So he started finding products and posting classified ads all over the country. And I don't know. That's and then he then he had a course about it. So I bought his course. So I know exactly what I know what it's like. <laughs> Can you think <laughs> yes, of any I, other any other I, ones? I, that, I know that are like so quote, failures. These are like quote. These are not right, really failures because right. they help you figure uh, out absolutely. where where that this didn't work. I didn't want to do this. And so, Absolutely. so yeah, yeah, there's, there's two things that come to mind. So one of them is, uh, it's a company called specialty merchandising company, I think SMC. So that Tom Bosley, Tom Bosley, who is the dad on, um, <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm blanking on this show, the show from the 1970s. Uh, I'll look it up um, right now while we're talking. Um, so the guy that played, oh yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Totally. Happy days. Happy days. Yes, that's right. Yes. So he's, he was the dad on happy days. So he was like the spokesperson for the company and they had okay. these 30 commercials on TV. And basically it's like all these like <laughs> junky little knickknacks that you bought, yes. and like go market up for twice as much and go sell. And like people had yeah. testimonials, like they go to this, you know, 
fair or arts and crafts show uh-huh. and they made like five grand over the weekend or whatever. So yes. I never actually pulled the trigger and bought any of that stuff. But yeah. I remember watching those commercials and being like, wow, this is amazing. And yeah. the other one that really sticks out to me <laughs> is uh, this opportunity where it was like, it was like make $40 an hour, like soldering together these little circuits. Okay. And so what I remember about that is being out in our garage when I was in high school in the middle of January, which I'm from Minnesota. So it was really cold. It's not a heated garage. Right. I'm out there like freezing and I have this little solder gun, like trying to solder these tiny little uh, like transistors together on a soldering yes. board. And they said <laughs> you could do like five in an hour and I'm out there for like three hours and I don't even have half of one done. And I'm like, oh no, yeah, this is not going to work. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's awesome. I love that. Do you feel like those are, like we said early, do you feel like those are failures or are those just paths or things that you figure out, like Thomas Edison, you figure out 10,000 ways the light bulb didn't work before he found how it did. And so how do you view those types of things? Because I have numerous, as you're just talking, I was thinking about, I remember one now that I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. It didn't, not <laughs> something that I didn't push forward with because I knew pretty quickly it wasn't for me. Yeah, I I definitely don't look at it as a failure. And I think your attitude, I mean, that plays a huge role. The people that end up quitting usually are the ones that are like, oh man, I failed, I failed again, I failed again. Versus saying, like you said, Thomas Edison, I love looking at it from that standpoint of like, you know, I figured out 9,999 ways that the light bulb doesn't work. Right. Right. Um, So yeah, I mean, mean, that's definitely how I think about it. It, Now, I'm not going to lie, it was definitely discouraging at times, but I was always positive like okay the next thing the next thing the next right thing. right where do you where do you draw that line because it's as entrepreneurs we um we talk about in our communities shiny object syndrome we talk about how you can it's easy to be a squirrel looking always looking for the new thing um as entrepreneurs we're wired to to be that way because we we tried a bunch of things to get to something and it's okay we're starting to have success the challenge is with the internet, there's all we we're all a part of all these email lists, and oh, a brand new course! Oh, that looks cool. This guy made five grand on the weekend doing this, and something completely different, and a whole other opportunity. You get another email like, oh, that sounds good. Let's try this. How do you stay focused when you see all that, and you see all the other all these other people being successful, and just say, no, I'm going to stay in my lane. That's a great question because I can 100% relate to that. Yeah. Um, I, I I think. A couple of things I would say. First of all, is you know I am far from perfect at staying perfectly focused. I think, mm-hmm. like you said, most entrepreneurs struggle with that. Like, oh look, there's this new course, there's this new conference I want to go to, or or let me try this, or let me try that. Um, so it is a struggle. First of all, I would say uh, the other two things I would say is number one, uh, my wife, <laughs> she yes. helps definitely, definitely helps a lot. She's an entrepreneur as well, actually. So we, we help each other because we both kind of want to go off the rails sometimes and be like, <laughs> let me do this. Let me do this. And so we, we get to coach each other. Yes. Uh, it's kind of, it's actually kind of hilarious because, you know, Brittany will help me with that and then she'll go do the same thing. And then I'll have to help her with the same thing, but it's hard to see it in yourself. It's easy to right. see it in someone else. Right. Absolutely. And then I, I think the other answer I would say is that, um, really tuning in and hearing from and trying to be guided by the Holy Spirit. Mm, yes. Mm. Done. We can just stop the interview right now. <laughs> I had an interview right before this. or I mean, a couple hours ago, I had a podcast interview with somebody. We we're talking about hearing from God. Um, 
And, uh, and he was just saying, that's the key for him. Like, I agree. I, there's, I can't imagine trying to do it any other way. So I'll ask the same question for you. What do you, um, because there's people that like, gosh, how do I hear God's voice? Um, and what, are, and I know we're not all for total, I guarantee you, neither of us are perfect at it. Probably. Um, I know I'm not, how would you explain to somebody who feels like they're struggling in that area? Um, how would you guide somebody into figuring out how to decide if that's God's voice or just, um, you know, what tips do you have in that area? That's a really good question. Uh, an, an analogy that I heard probably five or six years ago that I really like is that it's kind of like, you know, the old televisions where you had to tune them in with the antennas, right? Yep. Like, so <clears throat> you got to tune in to God's voice. And the way that you can do that, there's multiple ways, obviously, but I think one of the biggest ones for me is being in the word daily mm. and doing it, not just from a place of like, okay, I'm going to check the box. Like I, I right. read a chapter today or, or whatever, which I've definitely had times where that's the case, sure. but really being intentional about seeking God and also mm-hmm. asking, asking for wisdom and then also asking for the Holy spirit to speak to you. Yes. Um, so I yeah. think, I mean, there's lots of other ways as well, but oh, sure. those, those would be the biggest ones I would say yeah. for me. Yeah. Do you and Brittany take time to step away? Like do you have, um, you know, time because I heard people talk about going on sabbaticals or going on a three day weekend to just pray about their business and all that stuff. Do you guys do that type of thing? Yeah. So we let, we don't necessarily go away for three days, you know, mm-hmm. just to, to pray and things like that. Yeah. But we do actually just a couple of weeks ago, we went away for a three day weekend to work on our businesses together and just awesome. get away. Yeah. Um, and we just went to a hotel like an hour away. And I, I mean, pretty much we went there just to be in the hotel and, and yeah. to work on our businesses. And it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, we try to do that quarterly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also one time that's maybe a, a few days longer than that for kind mm-hmm. of some planning and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a game changer for sure. Because just getting away from the distractions of being at home. Yeah. I mean, Brittany and I both have home offices. We work from home and it's yeah. really easy because there's a million things like, oh, you got to take the garbage out. You got to you know, do the dishes and there's this and there's that. And there's, you know, so it really helps a lot. I would highly encourage people to, to do something like that. Yeah. So Ryan, I had no idea it was going to go this direction, but now you're sparking questions. And I personally would love to have just your advice on when you guys did that out that time at the hotel, how was that structured so that it wasn't a waste of time that you drove an hour there how did you decide what was that, those, you know, what are the things you actually work? I'm sure you're not like replying to emails during those. I mean, maybe you were like a couple of times, but what was the schedule or the goal of that time away? That's a really good question. So we've been doing this for probably three or four years and we've learned a lot because we've mm-hmm. definitely had times where we went away on a, you know, three days or something like that. And we came back and felt like it was kind of a waste. <laughs> like right. we, we did things that weren't all that important. We just wasted sure. a lot of time, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I would say that is the most important thing is making sure you're, you're structured. Mm-hmm. So it varies. We actually have meetings and talk about it ahead of time. And, and it's just we, you two there. Just us okay. two. Awesome. And we, we literally put it in our schedule work mm-hmm. blocks. Mm-hmm. So you know, whatever, from 9 to 10.30 a.m. on Thursday, this mm-hmm. is what we're going to be working on. And we also scheduling breaks, which is something we didn't do before that actually, mm-hmm. I think it helps me more than Brittany. Yeah. But for me having, you know, I do a couple work blocks and then we go for a walk 
yeah. or we we go do this or we go do that. Our, yeah. It really helps me and kind of recharges me and refreshes me. And we try to do like uh, one of the evenings, we'll do like a date night. So we're not just okay. there working oh, 24-7. So uh, we went, uh, I think it was Thanksgiving weekend mm-hmm. um, on a on a three-day uh, weekend like that. And uh, we didn't know it at the time. It's kind of like a, a smaller town we go to about an hour away. Okay. And, uh, we didn't know this, but they had like this Christmas parade. So we went and oh, did that. Oh, cool. We were there, uh, yeah. which is really fun. So it's yeah. it's really good to get away, not only for yeah. the business stuff, but also it's really good for our marriage. If Absolutely. we're structured, if we're planned. Yes. Um, but yes, coming up with kind of, we, co- we usually come up with kind of like what are, what are our top outcomes for the trip? Like when we come home, we want to have either completed this or made massive progress on mm. you know, this, this, and this. Is it more of a, um, and it could probably be whatever you want it to be. Like if you were building websites for people, you might go and like knock out, you know, a whole website during that time. Um, Cause you're able to be focused, but for your guys' time, was it more planning or was it more working on a certain project or was it more about thinking, just getting a way to think about your business? Yeah, it's a good question. A little bit of all of the above. So, you know, one of the recent ones that we went on, Brittany and I were both redoing our websites. Mm. So that was like one of the big things, like what testimonials are we going to put on? What's the structure going to be? What's the headline going to be here? What are we going to do on this page? Um, So that was one of the big things. But yeah, again, it kind of varies depending on, you know, where you're at in your business and And, you know, just what we have going on in our businesses at the time, I guess. Yeah. I need to do more of that. Just getting away or, you know, I have a, well, he'll be five in April. So you can imagine the distractions that that creates. So my son around. Um, Okay, cool. Well, I love, I could chat with you about all that all day long. I want to hear more about your journey. So you were selling uh, calendars and then you got into, uh, you said high school area, you're setting away for all these different new business opportunities. Um, What's next after all that? After you decided not to yeah. do circuit boards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I got good grades in high school uh-huh. and people, a lot of my teachers and people pointed me towards college, mm-hmm. which, you know, that's just kind of people think, oh, that's the next step, right? Especially yeah. if you get good grades and whatever. Yeah. So I ended up going to college, did, had no clue what I wanted to do originally yeah. and, uh, took a computer engineering class my freshman year and hated it. I was like, there's no way this is going to happen. And uh, eventually kind of put together things that I, that I loved. I loved sports in high school, loved working out. So I majored in exercise science. Goal mm-hmm. was to become a strength and conditioning coach at a college. Yep. And my senior year, um, I, was, I was doing an internship with the strength and conditioning department and loved it. But I, I kind of came to several realizations through a series of things, uh-huh. but basically that it was going to be really difficult to get a job as a college strength and conditioning coach. You're going to have to move where to wherever in the country that you can find a job, which yep. I wasn't a big fan of. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you quote unquote needed a master's degree, which I also was, was not a fan of, of going back to school for two more sure. years. And uh, so and I also read an amazing book called The Education of Millionaires, which is still one of my favorite books. It's all about entrepreneurship and that you don't necessarily need a college education to go out and start a business and stuff right. like that. Uh, the guy interviewed a bunch of millionaires and billionaires. Uh-huh. Great book. Uh, and so basically through all of that stuff, I decided, why don't I just go start my own business? Mm. Start my own business, training athletes. Like, you know, I, I love 
that anyway. And I have this entrepreneurial spirit. And yeah, uh, yeah. so finished college, graduated, okay. uh, moved down to the Twin Cities, Minneapolis, St. Paul, which for me was a little bit of a shock. Like I said, I'm from a very small town. College I went to is maybe a t- uh, like 100,000 people. Okay. So this is like three, four million people. This oh is like the big city. So I, I, I'm a little bit in shock just from that, right? Yeah. And uh, started my business and quickly realized that although I was a great trainer, like I knew I could help people. I knew I could get them results. Mm-hmm. I found out really quickly that that's not enough, right? You can be the greatest at whatever you do, but mm-hmm. if you don't know how to market, you don't know how to sell, you're not going to make money. Mm-hmm. So three yes. very painful months later and uh, looking at my bank account, like I, I think I made around $200 total, not even $200 a month. <laughs> right. So I'm like, okay, this, uh, this isn't going to quite cut it. <laughs> and yeah. uh, so I'm drowning in student loan debt. And I'm sleeping on a pullout couch in my aunt's condo, which, by the way, was a 60 plus community. I wasn't even allowed we to live to be there, there technically. Wasn't supposed to be there. Oh my it was gosh. Pretty, pretty hard for me to blend in at 22. <laughs> um, so I'm literally sneaking in and out every single day because I'm not supposed to be there. Yeah. And so I, I knew I needed money, obviously. So I ended up going to an employment agency mm-hmm. and uh, they placed me in this metal factory. Still mm-hmm. remember the name, Flame Metal. And uh, I was working 12 hour night shift, uh, 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. for $9 an hour. Wow. Oh my God. And uh, yeah. And so that was a little bit of a reality check. And so I'm sitting in the break room uh, one night. It's like two o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I look up at the clock and I just kind of had an epiphany that, uh, you know, it was the day after the, I had come in because I came in at, at, at 9 p.m. And I remember the exact day. It's March 14th, 2013. The reason I remember it is because the epiphany I had was that it was my 23rd birthday. Mm. And it just kind of hit me like a like a punch to the gut. I was like, man, like how the heck did I get here, right? Yeah. You know, this was not the plan. You know, everybody said I was going to go be successful at whatever I wanted to do. Thought I did everything right. I got good grades and this and that and whatever. And so in that moment, you know, I just felt like a complete and total failure. Mm. I was embarrassed, ashamed of myself. You know, what happened? How did I get yeah. here? And you know, if you're listening to this, I don't know if you've ever felt like you're made for more, like yeah. you're living below your potential mm. or like you're letting everyone around you down, but that's exactly how I was feeling in the moment. Mm. And it hurt, didn't feel yeah. good. Yeah. But what I have learned, what I learned on that day and what I've learned since is that if you can guide and direct that pain, it can actually be the fuel that moves you forward. Mm. So I, I was sitting there feeling sorry for myself for a little while, but then I made a really powerful decision. I was like, you know what? This is this is not what God has for me. This is not living to my potential, yeah. right? Yeah. And I can either choose to stay here or do something about it. So uh, in that moment, I made a vow to myself that I'm going to go restart my business. I'm going to become a successful entrepreneur or basically yeah. die trying. So I finished my shift, quit, went and restarted my business. <laughs> and obviously, I knew a lot of things needed to change, right? Yeah. And uh, so I dove headfirst into personal development and also learning all the business skills that I, I knew was missing, right? And so one of the first things I did was I invested in this 30-hour Tony Robbins audio program. And I just mm-hmm. listened to that thing literally on repeat. Wow. Um, I don't even know how many times I've, I've listened to it. I could probably still right remember, now just tell you all 30 hours in a row. Um, but wow. it started changing my thinking and, and changing my mindset oh my gosh. and uh, started getting up at four o'clock in the morning, 
you know, found wow. an accountability group and then went and also, you know, like I said, started seeking out, you know, how do I actually sell to people? How do I actually market to people? And found an amazing guy, uh, Bedros Cooley in, in the fitness industry who became a big mentor for me, um, ended up investing in some of his programs. Mm. And so slowly, I'd love to say it was just like overnight that right. you know, I was making 10 grand a month, but it was still a pretty long, slow, yeah. painful process. But you weren't but was, at the metal factory anymore. I wasn't at the metal factory anymore yeah. and I was committed. Yes. And <clears throat> wow. uh, then I would say the other really big shift for me was about a year later, Things were okay. I had my own apartment by that time. Uh, you know, I wasn't drowning in debt and that kind of thing, but I've mm-hmm. kind of felt like I'd hit a plateau. I, I was kind of in a place where things were okay, mm-hmm. but I was settling and I didn't really know what to do. So I ended up hiring my first coach then. Wow. And that was a total, total game changer, not only for my business, which yeah. doubled the next year, but for my entire life. And uh, it was amazing, even from the standpoint of, I think about six months into me coaching with this guy, I met Brittany, who's now my wife, but, uh, and we don't have time to go into this story today, but this is a whole story too. <laughs> he did not want to be with me and I could have easily quit and, you know, walked away and been like, you know what? She doesn't want to be with me, uh, but we've been married five years now. And, uh, my coach helped me tremendously. Literally. I remember we had a coaching call the day after my first date with Brittany Mm-hmm. And I still remember some of the things he told me and how he challenged me on that call. So yeah. I mean, coaching for me has been a total game changer. And, you know, I had the personal training business for six years. It was great. Mm-hmm. I loved it. I honestly thought I would be in, in the fitness industry probably forever. And uh, slowly by slowly and starting with me hiring the coach, I kind of felt like God was pushing me more, more to coaching. And so I started, yes. you know, dipping my toe in a little bit more on coaching and, uh-huh. and coaching some people for free and seeing what it was like. And eventually yeah. that led to me starting my current business oh my um, yeah. and you know, where I coach men and uh, help them grow their business and really become the extraordinary man. God called them to be in every area of their life. So, oh yeah. So, much so to that's, unpack there. That is, that's incredible. I want to hear your story about, about Brittany, but we'll say that for another time. Cause it sounds like it's similar to mine. Um, wow. Okay. When you were making $9 an hour at the metal factory, did anybody ever say, okay, now, now I know you, your people around you were supportive. Did you have anybody that now was like, yeah, the good decision. You, you decided to, um, you know, do the, do the responsible thing or was everybody around you thinking, gosh, you're made for more. What, What were, do you remember what friends and family were saying to you at that point? That's a really good question. So, um, Really, the only person that that really knew how much I was struggling and exactly what was going on, I would say probably was my aunt at the time because I was living with her. You were living there. My my family, all my family is, you know, five hours away. And obviously they they kind of knew what I told them on the phone, right? Which was not definitely not Mm. not everything. Um but they were they were still very encouraging and you know, believed in me and that type of thing. And I think my aunt, she kind of saw that like whenever I wasn't at the metal factory, I was basically working 24 seven on how can I get my business restarted? Yeah. And so she really saw that. And I I think that's awesome. Never was like, oh yeah, you should just stay at the metal factory forever. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can make $20 an hour one day. Right. Um, So yeah, honestly. And uh, the other thing I would say too, which I wouldn't recommend was, you know, I moved 
to this new place, I didn't have any friends. And so, I mean, really my aunt was, was pretty much it. Like I, yeah. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any family around me, which I mean, I think were pros and cons at the time, but yeah. let me ask you that. Okay. So you were fortunate that you were only 23 and you realized then that that wasn't where you're supposed to be. Cause there's a lot of guys that are my age. I'm old, a lot older than you. Um, I don't know how much a lot, but a, a decent amount, I think um, that are my age that are realizing that they're looking at the, up at the clock and in the break room and they have a family at home um, and they know they don't want to be there. And this, it's a soul sucking job, but that's paying the bills for them. How would you think, talk to that person. So let's say that that's you right now. You're at the metal factory, you and Brittany are together. You have a wife to support. Let's say she doesn't have her own business and you guys are relying on that income. Um, What would you do if, because you kind of had the, you had a place to stay, and so it was like, if your business completely didn't work, you know, you could go back to this metal factory. You had to fall back there. So, but what if you were older and married and facing that situation? Because there are people right now listening that are facing that situation. They desperately want to be out of that metal factory that they're working in, but they're, but it's paying the bills. Yeah, that's a really good question. And it, it's obviously different. And, you know, Brittany and I don't even have kids yet either. So that, I mean, that brings a whole nother you know, thing into the equation. And it is definitely different. You know, I wouldn't say, oh, you should just do exactly what I did. Just say, right. I'm quitting. Yeah, like, go quit your job. Ryan said to go quit his, quit, quit my <laughs> job. So I'm out of here. Right. You know, some people will say that they will say, you should just go quit your job, you know, jump out of the airplane and build the the parachute on the way down, which right. I mean, uh, there's some truth to that, but if you're in that position, I definitely would not recommend you do that. But what I, what I would recommend is that you start doing something, mm-hmm. right? Start setting aside a little bit of time every day, And first of all, figure out, you know, what else would you do? What are you passionate about? What do you like? What do you feel like, you know, some talents or gifts God has given to you that you're not using? Uh, Like I said, for me, even, and and your mindset, I think is hugely important in this. We've talked about this a little bit already because, you know, you can look at it multiple different ways. If you just look at it as, okay, you know, I'm however old I am now, I'm, I'm middle-aged, I've got a wife and kids and I haven't been doing what I've been called to do and I'm stuck in this place that I don't like. Yeah. And you can just feel sorry for yourself and be like, you know, it sucks. You know, I, I somehow I'll get through it. Or you can say, okay, this has been preparation up to this point. Yes. And, you know, I mean, look at Jesus in the Bible. He was prepared for 30 years before he did his ministry for three years. Yes. Right. I, looking back now, even at, um, even at my personal training business, to me, that was preparation. Yes. That was not what I was called to do. Mm. Um, even though once I made it successful, I enjoyed it and you know, it was great. But so looking at, I think your mindset is the biggest thing that's going to determine whether you're going to stay in that place or whether you're going to yeah. be able to move forward. That's mm. the biggest thing that I would say. So start figuring out you know, what would you want to do and start investing yeah. in yourself. Whether that's through reading books, listening to awesome podcasts like this one, um, and just start taking action, start stepping out. Because so many people, what I see is they say, they complain, oh, I hate my job and I wish I could do what you do, Ryan, or this or that. You can. (laughs) Yes, you can, but you got to do more than just talk about it. Yes. And so, I mean, taking action, nothing is going to change if you don't take action. Um, For me, you know, I, I use a a five-step, I call it my five-step business breakthrough framework that that's basically the framework that I use to coach people through, Mm. but really it's a five-step framework to break through in any area of your life. 
So if you're in this place, you can use this five-step framework too. You want to go over that real quick or is that giveaway? Yeah, yeah, so, go for no, it. No, I, I think I'll, people I'll are going to be listening. Like, okay, what's those five steps? I need them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let me give you some practical stuff. Um, because for me, I mean, after investing lots of time, lots of money into my own growth as an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, as a man, as a husband, yeah. I started to see patterns, right? There are patterns yeah. that lead to success and there's patterns that lead to failure. Mm-hmm. So I can look back at pretty much anything in any area of my life of any significance that I've accomplished, whether it's, you know, finally getting Brittany to, to marry me or whether it's, you know, high school sports or business stuff. Like I can look at these five steps. Mm. So I'll just say the five steps, then I'll go in a little bit more detail and feel free to uh, feel free to jump in or or ask follow-up questions. So the five steps are clarity, commitment, coaching, courageous action and course correction. So step number one, clarity, right? You got to know what you want. So if you're in this place where you, you know, you don't like your job. Okay. You know what you don't want, but you got to figure out what you do want. Mm. That's step number one. Right. And so figure out what you want. And there's lots of different, you know, tools that I use and things, you know, when you're setting goals, I'll just mention this too, because I think this is important Uh, using the acronym smart, which stands for specific Mm. measurable, uh, some people say something different with A. For me, I say aligned with your values. Because mm-hmm. if you don't know what your top five values are, then it's really hard to know if your goals are aligned with them. Mm-hmm. And I see that a lot of times too. People have goals that are in conflict with their values. Mm-hmm. They take three steps forward, two steps back, and they wonder why. Um, and then uh, R is realistic and T is time-based. Um, so getting really crystal clear, because a lot of people, they, you know, they in their head, they're like, oh, I kind of know what I want, but getting crystal clear, making it concrete, writing it down. I think that's step number one. It's really important. You step also number- said with action comes clarity too. You said on the last one, when I was on your podcast or we were just hanging did, out yes. talking, I think. Yes. yes. Like I say that too. That's so good. Yeah. So yeah, like that didn't come from me. I, I wish I could claim that. My, uh, I heard that from my friend, Riley Meek, who I also had on the podcast, an amazing guy. But yes, action does bring clarity. Like, so if you're not taking action, don't expect to just sit there and get more clarity. Right. Um, but step two is commitment. So this is this is huge too because I see a lot of people skip over kind of the first couple of steps and they try to go straight to taking the courageous action, and it doesn't work. And they're like, I can't get myself to do this, or I can't get myself to do it consistently. Well, you got to go back to steps one through three. So commitment number two. So there's kind of three big pieces to commitment. That I take number one is leverage. How do I get leverage in myself? And uh, I first learned this from Tony Robbins. So he takes you through uh, if you go to Day with Destiny, which is his, it's a six day or super intense, like 14, 15 hour day conference. He takes you through this process and uh, he calls it the Dickens process from Charles Dickens, from the Christmas Carol, Scrooge, everybody knows him, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a great example of getting leverage because. Scrooge saw what the future was going to look like mm-hmm. if he didn't change mm-hmm. and that got him to change, right? Suddenly yeah. he wakes up. He's like, he's a changed man just because yeah. he imagined or he saw, he went on this journey of seeing what it would look like if he doesn't change and he didn't want to go yeah. there, right? Yeah. So when somebody gets on an initial coaching call with me, this is one of the things I do. We go through a process. Mm-hmm. There's very specific questions that I ask that helps mm-hmm. people see like, hey, if you don't go after this. If you don't make a change in this area, if you don't hit these goals, what is all the negative things that are going to happen? Because there's two things that motivate people, pain and pleasure. Mm. And I wish pleasure motivated us more, but pain definitely motivates people more than pleasure. 
So, <clears throat> uh, but then we also go through it on, on the positive side, thinking about, you know, how amazing it's going to be if you do hit this goal or, you know, if you do start your business and quit your job, whatever the case may be. Um, the second part of commitment is accountability, right? You, everybody needs accountability. We just do. And if you're trying to rely on your friends or your wife or your husband for accountability, it's just not going to cut it. I, I can already predict your results. So getting a coach or a mentor or an accountability partner um, or being part of some type of high-level mastermind or something is essential, in, in my opinion. Um, and then the third party commitment is focus. You know, what do you do on a daily basis? What do you focus on on a daily basis? Because what you focus on on a daily basis will either make you more committed or less committed to mm. your goals. And so for me, there's kind of four big things for me that that help me. Number one is my vision board, which is literally right behind my computer right now. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it all day, every day. Mine's it's, over there. <laughs> it's right in front of my desk. And uh, so focusing on that on a daily basis. Yeah. Number two is I call my declaration letter. It's a letter that I've written out where I'm declaring the way I want my life to be in every single area of my life. Mm. Um, so either reading through that or what I found is actually I recorded me speaking it uh-huh. in like with emotion, with power. Yeah. So because some days, some mornings, I don't really feel it. I get up and you know, maybe I just read through it and be like, oh, blah, 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 blah. So I can just listen to it and then mm. boom, it, it reignites the passion. Um, number three is something I call my power questions. So this is a series of seven questions that I came up with um, by going through all different kinds of morning routines and reading people's yeah. books and whatever. These are my questions. Mm-hmm. So it helps me get ready for my day, get focused and crush it. So I'll just mention a uh, two of the questions that I think are the two most important. The first one is what are three things you're grateful for? Mm. So getting in that mindset of what you're grateful for, because when you're grateful, it's impossible to feel negative emotions. You can't be grateful and angry, grateful and sad at the same time, yeah. etc. Um, and then the other question is what are my top three outcomes for today? So I'm focused, you know, everybody has a to-do list of a million things, right? So how do you focus on the things that are most important that are going to move the needle and move you forward in the most important areas? So it's like at the end of the day, maybe I only did three things, but if they're the three things on my top three outcome list, then I feel like I crushed the day because you're never going to get it all done and we want to, but you won't. So, and then the, the fourth thing I would say for me personally is, is spending time with God and specifically for me, that's, that's, uh, digging into the word and, and reading, um, <clears throat> All right, I know that was a mouthful. So oh, that's good. That's just under commitment. We got three. That's more just under going. commitment. That's just under commitment. So coaching. Step number three is coaching, right? And the awesome thing about coaching is, if you get a great coach, they will help you with steps one and two and make it so much easier. But mm-hmm. I look at coaching as a, a little bit broader, like active versus passive coaching. So passive coaching to me would be like reading a book, listening to this podcast, going through mm-hmm. a course, right? It's good. You can get coaching from that, mm-hmm. but there's no back and forth, right? Right. And so to me, then active coaching would be, of course, having a one-on-one coach or maybe being part of a group coaching or some type of high-level mastermind or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because what I have found is you're never going to reach your potential on your own. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's a quote that I love about coaching from Tom Landry that I'm going to read. Yeah, go for um, it. So it says, a coach is someone who tells you what you don't want to hear who has you see what you don't want to see so you can be 
who you have always known you could be. Wow. And to me, that's that's what coaching is. Yes. Um, and also, I, I look at coaching as uh, two more things I'll say on that. Yeah. Number one is that the bigger your goal, the higher level of coaching you need. Mm-hmm. So if you're like, Ryan, I want to build a seven-figure business and your, your coaching plan is I'm going to read this book, that's a great start, but it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So- you know, I, I'm sure you've seen this too, but the guests that I have on my shows, especially the ones that are the most successful, they're the ones that have the most coaching. You know, mm-hmm. they're in these three high-level masterminds. Plus, they have a one-on-one coach, and maybe yes. they have a co- uh, they have multiple coaches for multiple areas of their life, mm-hmm. right? So, for me, coaching is it's all about speed. Yeah, it's like, do you want the shortcut? Do you want this to take you ten years, or maybe you never get there? It's yeah. really, really tough, or do you want it to take you six months and you take the easy road? That's good. Um, so that's coaching. Step four is courageous action. So like I said, most people, they kind of, steps one through three, they kind of ignore, to be honest, and they mm-hmm. just try to take the courageous action, which in the, the case of what you're saying is you know, quitting my job, right? Well, if you're just trying to jump to step four of, okay, how do I quit my job? What do I do? Whatever, then... It's not going to work out well for you, right? But courageous action, that's where the rubber meets the road. Like nothing is going to change until you take action, Mm. right? But the thing is uh, a couple of things. So first of all, if you have a big goal, you are going to be required to take courageous action at some point, most likely at a lot of points and repeatedly. Uh, So that's step number one. You're not going to hit a big goal without doing that. So you're not going to get around it. Um, but courage doesn't mean you're not scared. It, it just means that you're scared and you do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But the the biggest thing, and I see this over and over again, I see it even in my own life over and over again, because it, it's tough. It's like, we want to just like, how do I do the action? Mm-hmm. But you got to make sure you're rock solid on steps one through three. Make mm-hmm. sure you're crystal clear on what you want. Make sure that you are really committed to getting it no matter what. And make sure you have a high enough level of coaching to actually achieve what you're going after. Because mm-hmm. when you when you have those three dialed in, the courageous action is so much easier. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so, And then the last one, step five, course correction. This is actually the step that can be the hardest for people. And I think the reason why is because of expectations. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do steps one through four and you're like, okay, Ryan, I got really clear. I got committed. I got coaching. I'm taking the courageous action, mm-hmm. but it's still not working out. You know, or I did it and I didn't get the result I wanted. And that's where people can get really discouraged and where they feel like a failure and where they just end up quitting. Right. But it's all about your expectations because the first time you do anything, it's not going to be perfect. Right. And I love to use the analogy of uh, a baby learning to walk. Right. Mm. When a baby's trying to learn to walk, they don't just stand up for the first time and start walking around. Right. They try to stand up and they fall over and they try yeah. again and they fall over and then over and over and over again. Yeah. And eventually they take one step and then they yeah. fall. And you don't but, kick the baby like, Hey, you're a failure. <laughs> Come on. Why can't you get this? Look how easy this is. I mean, <laughs> exactly. So if, if you think about your own kid, if you have one, what did you do? No, you encourage them. You're like, mm. Oh, you can do it. You know, yes. you got one step, you got two steps. Yeah. And that's the reason why pretty much everybody can walk, right? Because they didn't quit. You know, you yeah. don't just say, oh, man, you tried 20 times. My baby's just not going to be a walker. Man, this is, <laughs> why did this happen to me, right? No, <laughs> you don't say that, right? right? So yeah. if we just took the same, if we take that same attitude mm. to ourselves and our businesses, then you will succeed because mm. it's all about 
course correction. You're not going to get it right the first time. I promise you, no, no matter what the, the guru or somebody that sold you something told you, mm-hmm. I virtually guarantee it's not going to work out the way you want the first time. Yeah. Um, wow. So having that mindset, again, going back to mindset, I, I think it's, it's so important, but being able to assess your, your progress and then making adjustments and, and being willing to take the action uh, and change your approach until you succeed is how you succeed. You know, yeah. If you look at the stories I've told, I know the stories you have, and you know, I've interviewed over 50 really successful entrepreneurs now, and they all have the same thing. Not, yeah. I have not heard one person be like, I tried this for the first time, and then I made a million dollars the first year. Right. And my life's been amazing ever since. Every other thing I've ever tried has been awesome. Right. It, it doesn't happen that it way. It doesn't happen that way. No. Yeah, we're, so, all, we're all overnight successes, aren't we? Like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. 10-year overnight success. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's why it's important to hear people's stories. And mm. I, you know, I appreciate you asking about my backstory. And that's why I, I dig into people's backstory too, yeah. because people have the perception of like, man, that guy is just so lucky. Like, I wish I could be like him. Like, look at his business. Look, yeah. like he just started and boom, he was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not the case. So mm. I know that was a mouthful. That but- was so good. <laughs> I want to have you back on. I want to hear. Okay. So tell me, tell, tell everybody what you're doing now. Tell me about the, uh, Extraordinary Man podcast and your your mastermind group and how people can find you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the best way to find out about everything I'm doing is uh, to go to my website, which is coachryanhorn.com. So everything I do is on there. My podcast, like you mentioned, the Extraordinary Man podcast, um, there's links to that on there. Um, And so my business, which the mission of my business, which I, I already said is I help men grow their business and become the extraordinary man God created them to be in every area of their life. So I do one-on-one coaching. I also have a mastermind group, like you mentioned. I have a free Facebook group. That's all on there. Um, But what I want to do for your listeners is um, on my website at the top, if you click coaching, they can Uh go to an application and uh, and fill it out. And uh, the first five people that fill it out and mention this podcast is the reason why they're filling it out. Oh, wow. um, I will give them a free 60-minute business breakthrough strategy session. So essentially what I do on that session is, is walk people really detailed and in-depth through the first uh, two steps of my, my framework that I shared. Mm-hmm. So helping people get crystal clear um, on where they're at, what they want, why they want it, and then also what I think is probably more valuable is the commitment piece and, and yeah. really digging into how do you get leverage on yourself, asking specific mm. questions. Um, for me, uh, you know, personally for me, being coached and coaching people, I think that is one of the most valuable things because people yes. just have like a light bulb go off. They're like, yes. oh my gosh, like if I don't go after this, like this is what my life could look like a year from now mm. or five years from now or whatever. And I don't want that. Right. So, so, yeah. So I, I would That's very generous to you. Thank you. I'll yeah. Yeah. Coachryanhorn.com. Go to the top and then just in the, in the form to fill out. You yep. mentioned so the streams of income. There's coaching right at the top. Just click Got that. It. It'll take you directly to a form. Yep. And just wow. mention the guest. Man, I want to definitely have you back on. There's so much more we could dig into. And I, I definitely, um, uh, I'd love to hear your story about Brittany too. That would be because it sounds like very similar to mine. Um, but uh, just uh, let's, I got a couple minutes left here. What you want to encourage the folks listening, just give it. So, you know, they're entrepreneurs. They're probably a lot of the same people like that you're talking to on your podcast as well. Um, you know, people that are, you know, entrepreneurship can be hard and um, it can be a ch- 
struggle. And there's, I, I saw a, a, a meme it was like entrepreneurship is like this. It's like, you know, it's, just kind of, it's like a roller coaster. And Absolutely. Some days you're like on top of the world. This is the greatest thing in the world. And some other days you're like, man, I should have taken a real job. And it's been a long time since I've thought I needed a real job because I, even in my worst days, it's better than being in somewhere else to me. Um, but I do envy my brother that gets to go home and not have to think about it. Um, but encourage the folks that are here listening and uh, that are on this journey that we're on. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I love that you brought up that entrepreneurship is like a roller coaster because it is. And I don't care how successful you are. It still is right. There's yeah. there's still days I'm sure for you. And there's definitely still days for me where I'm like, man, why am I doing this again? Or, <laughs> you know, what do I do in this situation? Yeah. But it's so first of all, realizing that it's okay if, you, if you're thinking like that, because pretty much every entrepreneur thinks yep. like that um, from time to time. I would say the only way to fail is to quit. Uh, okay. And, and yep. just to remember that. Um, and, you know, if you're not where you want to be right now, then good, right? Because you can use that as fuel to move yourself forward, right? Mm. When people are kind of in an okay place, that's actually a really dangerous place, I think, because they end up settling at okay when they're yeah. meant yeah. to go to great or extraordinary. Mm. And so if you're not where you want to be, good, use that as your fuel to move forward. And you know, like I said, that's why I think mindset is so important. And just really, I would start by focusing on your habits. What are you doing right now? Do you have a morning routine? You know, if you don't have a vision board, get one of those, yeah. you know, start, start asking yourself some of the questions I, I said, you know, what are you grateful for? What are my top three outcomes for the day? Um, just some of those things, you're going to get momentum because yes. success is built off of success. So get some small wins, you know, and, and when people feel like they're making progress, mm -hmm. they're happy. So just start making some progress and you can build upon that is what I would say. Wow. Love it. Ryan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. I definitely want to, anytime you want to, you have something you're trying to promote, you got another program, a course, a book, or you just want to hang out. You let me know. Cause I, I could go so much deeper with you on some of these things. Um, yeah, just. Yeah, really, absolutely. really, really good. I you said that you took some notes when I was on Europe, your show. And now I look, I took, I've taken a ton of notes. <laughs> good stuff well, I, I'm, I'm glad you know that, that's what it's all about we can all learn from each other yeah. and uh, this has been awesome thank you so much for having me on the show I really appreciate it anytime have a blessed day bye bye everyone see you next week